here. Hey, 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 Diet Riders, Brooke and Alyssa here. We wanted to squeeze in real quick and let you know that the doors to our Diet Riders membership are closing tonight and won't be back open for a while. Eating should not be so complicated, and yet we are all confused and we feel like we're taking two steps forward and then one step back. Dieting doesn't work, but what does? Maybe you've tried intuitive eating, but you never got past the eat everything all the time stage. Does that sound familiar? Or maybe you feel like you're putting your life and your dreams on hold until you lose those last few pounds. Maybe you want to be an intuitive eater, but all of your friends and family think you are crazy and think that you've given up on your health. Brooke and I created this podcast to spread our knowledge and help people find intuitive eating. What happened instead? We exponentially grew our own ability to eat intuitively. And that right there is why we know community works. We all need people cheering us on along the way, troubleshooting the struggles, and celebrating our wins with us. Inside the membership, Alyssa and I will be guiding you through live Q&As, mini courses, weekly tips and tricks, and recipes to make food fun again with a support group environment. We will be giving you the actionable steps you need and the community support to make real change and quit dieting for good. So what would it mean to you in your life to stop worrying about food, stop obsessing about calories or cheat days, and start going on vacation, wearing the shorts, eating the food, and feeling worthy of the space that you take up in this world? Join now. Don't wait because doors close tonight. Not only is this membership going to change your life, but if you join now, you'll be a founding member, which means you will be locked in at the lowest price forever. Join now by clicking the link in the show notes below or heading to our website, dietrioters.com. We cannot wait to see you all on the inside, moving towards a life of food freedom alongside us. All right, now back to the show. Hey, 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 Diet Riders. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller. We're both dietitians. Both live in Denver. Both moms. Both. Gosh, I run out so quickly. We have so many. Both Millers, you know, Alyssa Miller. We're both Millers. Miller. Yeah, we're both yes. Millers. I know. Isn't we're that crazy? both Millers. We like to say, <laughs> yeah, we're not related, just redundant. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. And sorry, I started speaking before you even like introduced me. So oh, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. You guys, surprise, surprise. Uh, we have a guest with us. We're so excited to introduce you to Delina from Your Latina Nutritionist. You probably already know her because she too has a podcast, you guys, and we're buds. We're podcast buds. So yes. um, Delina, can you introduce yourself to our listeners in case they don't know you? Tell them a little bit about what you do and how you got into the space of intuitive eating. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> from, the top. Selena, from the top. From the top. Yes. So I have been a dietitian for now. Oh my God. What year is it? Oh, 2020. Of course. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, since 2020. Seven years. I've been a dietitian for seven years. And I Same. Woo. 2013. Yes. All of us. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, hey. Yeah. That was a good year. 
<laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good years for the anti-diet people. Um, so yeah, so I I think I've always been some like I'm. And now I'm like, of course, now I can't talk because I'm babbling. But um, I feel like I've always been very intuitive in my life just in general. And so going to school to be a dietitian, I was always like, this doesn't seem right. Like something seems really off, uh, especially like the cultural aspects, like a lot of the nuances as I was learning. I'm like, this just doesn't seem well at all. Like it's not settling with me. And so for the longest, I didn't know what intuitive eating was or even health at every size. I I didn't have a name for it, but I knew in my heart that that's how I wanted to practice. I just didn't, I had never met anyone who did this before. And so then all of a sudden Instagram came into my life because I was very late to the Instagram game. (laughs) And for some reason, all the dietitians that kept popping up were all like intuitive eating and Hague is oriented. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? What is this? And then I like completely like, submerge my life into it I'm like okay this is it like this is what I have to do with my life because this is exactly what I've been trying to do I just didn't know there was evidence behind it I didn't know there was you know other people doing it as well um and so I kind of took like a leap of faith what like two years ago and kind of like switched my whole practice around um and just went full force i.e and haze were so before um ie and haze you were you had your own practice as well Yes. Oh, yes. cool. Wow. So, Look at you. So, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Yeah. No, but I can super relate to that, Delina. Like, I felt the exact same way when I first learned about intuitive eating. Something just, like, clicked in me. Like, yes, this is something I can actually get behind teaching and educating mm-hmm. people about. And this is kind of like how I've tried to live my life. I just didn't have a word for it. So I super relate to that for sure (laughs) and can you speak a little bit more about who you talk to because your your Instagram specifically is very targeted right yes so I decided to niche down and really talk to my Latinx community just because as we all know in the RD world or the dietetics world and I don't know if a lot of your followers know um, nutrition wellness um, dietetics world not very diverse and so what I noticed always as I was, you know, educating was that a lot of the, you know, guidelines and nutrition information that's out there really doesn't take into consideration our cultural foods, um, our traditions. And even like when the Academy puts things out, it's very much like Mexican American. It's like they leave everyone else out. Right. And so, yep. you know, for the longest, it was like people would be like, well, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you translate this? Can you translate that? And like, there was no nothing that, that I could do or like not anything that I could like copy and paste or like kind of utilize. I always found myself making the resources. And so... I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to talk to my audience that I connect with and that I know so much about because I grew up (laughs) in that culture. And even though I am not, you know, Mexican-American and I am Dominican-American and we are very different. And I think that's something that a lot of um, RDs and, and maybe other people do not know. It's like, yes, we are Latino, but every country is different. We all have different foods. We have different dialects, really. We have different accents. Like, I can tell what country someone's from as soon as they start talking because our our accents are so distinct. Oh, and wow. so 
I don't know. I, it just felt like what I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I love mean, it. I follow even though I'm not Latina at all. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. For everyone. Everyone is welcome. That's right. That's yes. right. Um, I love watching your stuff. I love learning more about the culture and the foods as well. Because I too, you know, girl, going through even as just a white woman going through was taught the exact same things, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. we weren't even taught how to appropriately talk to people from different cultures and how to... Um, talk about their foods that are so near and dear. We talk about how emotional food is and how like strung to who we are and our identity food is. And then to like look at different cultures who eat differently than stereotypical American diet and be like, oh, those foods are bad, 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 yeah. bad. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Let me just rip up my heritage for you. And you're <laughs> it's like, okay. No. No, but, no, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. And it is very different. I like that you had the distinction in there because um, my first job was at WIC and it was in oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, almost all of our staff spoke Spanish as their first language and English as their second, which was amazing because Mm -hmm. I got to learn some Spanish, Mm -hmm. but it was, yeah, I learned so much about the Mexican American um, because almost all of my coworkers were from Mexico and that was incredible. We got to like talk about all things food and like we would go out to food trucks and they would speak Spanish for me. But it is so true that like it's very focused on Mexican Americans and like we still need to branch out and really um, like cater to every single American because we all have different backgrounds and cultures mm-hmm. and um, even my family like I'm Norwegian and my grandma is like full blooded Norwegian and so yeah. you know, we have like all of the Norwegian foods at meals and um, so it's it's still cool that we still like bring those traditions into Christmases and holidays and so yeah I think it's amazing that you're doing that and reaching there's obviously a huge audience there for you which is exactly amazing so good job (laughs) and it's not just bringing no go ahead (laughs) I I was gonna say and it's not just the the Latinx community it's it's Mm -hmm. everything like I'm I just like I was just talking about this I think I was posting about it because when I asked something about cultural foods the other day like Indian American Indian Americans were commenting and like you know I didn't like Europeans mm-hmm. were commenting like it's not just the Latinx community it's also the Asian community the African American mm-hmm. community like we all have these cultural roots you know that kind of the mm-hmm. diet world and the wellness world is trying to delete like not everybody can drink kale smoothies and or or wants to or like quinoa is such a big thing in the united states but what about the countries where it has been for thousands and thousands of years like peru is one of them where quinoa is their like staple food or Mm -hmm. one of them and you know Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's a superfood here (laughs) i get real pissed off about avocados so (laughs) yes We have actually, we have planned an entire episode. So stay tuned, you guys, all about superfoods and how much I freaking hate (laughs) that marketing. It's so irritating. It's like, it's just created to like put people down and make them feel like shit for not eating it. Right. Like, anyway. Sorry. I went went on a tangent. Sorry. (laughs) No. Hey, this is what our podcast is about. Okay. Just tangent after tangent. Last week, we talked about the ice cream man for who knows how long. Um, (laughs) So, okay, so for our listeners, this week we brought Delina on to talk to you guys a little bit about how to get started in your intuitive eating journey. So she's really great at talking about this. You should definitely follow her on her um, Instagram, Your Latina, Your Latina Nutritionist. But um, what we've realized is a lot of you guys who are listening and who are following us on Instagram are at the very, very beginning stages of your intuitive eating journey. And you kind of just feel stuck in this stage of like, 
I want to hold on to an intuitive eating, but I don't want to let go of dieting. And I'm not sure this is right for me. It doesn't feel healthy, quote unquote, right? Um, So Delina, I guess what I would love to ask you is when you work with your clients, what are kind of the first steps you see time and time again that people need to take? Yeah, so I think the first thing is like putting weight loss on the back burner. I think that one of the biggest misconceptions is that we're anti-weight loss and that Mm -hmm. we're anti-people that want to lose weight and that we're just like anti-health and everything else, right? Like that's all the the, the trolls (laughs) that come after us uh, are always saying. It's like I always always tell everyone like as soon as we start working it's like just give us let's just give this a chance like for a few weeks a few hours like whatever it is that it takes just take the time to just stop worrying about the scale which is really hard but if you could just put that away for a second and let's start focusing on other measures of health or what is health to you right like what is it that you're trying to achieve and let's start working towards that without worrying about your gravitational pull (laughs) um and let's (laughs) and let's see how you feel and you know more often than not people really 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 quickly you know catch on to the fact that you know all the aches and pains that were you know bothering them or or all the stress that they were feeling really had nothing to do with the scale and Mm -hmm. everything to do with the fact that they weren't taking care of themselves because they're undernourished or um or they're just you know having this like yo-yoing of ups and downs with their food and and just really truly don't know how to take care of their bodies anymore because they've done so much Mm -hmm. dieting that they don't even know what feels right anymore and like Mm -hmm. even yesterday in one of my groups someone was like i don't even know how to connect with my body anymore i'm like well the first step is to really try like lay down for a second you know lay Mm -hmm. down for five minutes and just breathe and think and like Feel your toes, <laughs> feel your belly, feel yeah. your body. Like just for once, connect with it. We're just so disconnected because we're on our phones, we're on the computer, we're doing this, we're doing that. And like, we just lost connection. So I think that's the first step. Like really, truly connect with yourself. Wow. Yeah, yeah. there's so many different ways to connect with our bodies. And I think just kind of finding what's right for you. Like for some people, they love to journal. For yeah. other people, they love to meditate or do yoga. Or I think what you said is so true, like just disconnecting from technology, like going camping with your family mm-hmm. or just like going somewhere where you don't take your phone. Um, I know that's something I need to work so on for sure. It's so hard. <laughs> especially for us because our business is on Instagram Mm -hmm. and so it's very difficult to like take a day off and just not be on it's so hard but yeah I think when you really connect with your body you start Mm -hmm. to notice all of these things that you had no idea were connected to something you eat or something that you did Mm -hmm. or physical activity and so yeah that's such a good first step yes when I loved what you said about just giving it a chance, like what a great, like, it's so simple. Yeah. It's like, what do you have to lose? You know, you're unhappy. You feel like you're not controlling the scale. You feel like you're out of control around food. You feel like you're binging constantly or constantly restricting. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of certain foods already. So let's just give food freedom a chance. Let's just see. You know, it's like, I loved, I love that because you can always pick mm-hmm. back up dieting, right? You know, if this doesn't work for you, you can always go back to Weight Watchers or whatever you do as dieting uh, practice. But let's give it a chance. Let's actually give it a solid chance where we actually put weight loss on the back burner and not mm-hmm. try to do both, right? Mm-hmm. We see a lot of people mm-hmm. trying to do both. Focus on the food freedom aspect and connecting with your body and relearning those cues and yeah. see what it does for you. Really, what's the harm? What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I mean, re- yeah. I, I <laughs> but 
a lot of people have some fears, but to us, it's like, listen, nothing's going to happen if you give us three months of your time to see, you know, how this works. And oh my gosh, I want to pull that quote out about like, who cares about your gravitational pull? (laughs) We should start calling it that. Like, what's your gravitational pull to the earth? That's so funny. I always think that. And I always feel like I need to also do a post about it because I don't know where I feel like I've read that somewhere and I wish I could remember so that I could give that person credit. I swear I read it somewhere. It's I didn't make well, it's yours now, and you can always just ask. Like, if you guys know where I got if this idea, if you were the one that said this, please tag yourself. <laughs> please tag yourself. Oh, that's amazing. It's so true, though. It's like, why do we give something so trivial and so like unimportant such high value in our life? Like, it's literally the Earth's pull on your body. Well, and the other thing too is like what you guys were saying. What do you have to lose? The big thing is, okay, you've been doing Weight Watchers, you've been doing Noom, you've been doing this, and it's not working. So really, what do you have to lose? Like all of these things are failing for you. So you have literally nothing to lose because if five diets didn't work for you, diet number six or seven is likely not going to work either. So why not give this a chance? And I think people are just so scared to realize like, well, the diet works for me short term. And it's like, yeah, short term it works maybe, but it long term, it's not giving you the results that you want. So truly, what do you have to lose by trying intuitive eating? Yeah. And and I think it all goes back to weight. Honestly, that's the biggest fear. Like, am I Mm -hmm. going to gain weight? And I think that's the other demon you have to battle with. It's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Okay. Are you Mm -hmm. like, what's your biggest fear about that? Like, why are you so afraid of gaining one or two pounds? Or Mm -hmm. even if it's more than that, like, how is that going to impact your life? Are you telling me it's going to impact your life because you think you're not going to be able to walk or you think that it's going to hurt your joints? Because more often than that, than, than that, like most of the time people think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But in reality, it's the fact that they're not moving enough or they're just not like they're not doing things to make their body be able to do that motion. Yeah. Right. And so they blame it on the on the weight. When in reality, like I can't go up a flight of steps. I haven't been up a flight of steps since quarantine happened. People like <laughs> I live in a I live in a rancher, so we have no steps. So nice. I can't even imagine uh-huh. what's gonna happen next time I try to like climb some steps. It's gonna be rough. It's- I love it. Yeah, we're not used to it. So that's what happens. This is my argument for yeah. This is my argument yeah. for stretching too. Like people are like. Uh, I don't want to do yoga because I don't flex because I'm not very flexible. You have to do it. Yeah. Why you do yoga or like why you stretch. It's like you have to work out. It's even someone who's on this like if there even was such a thing, perfect diet and they had this perfect body and all this stuff. If they didn't use it, they would still get out of breath going upstairs. They, You know, there's there's other things. And like you said, I love that really drilling down. Okay, why are we afraid of gaining weight? why is that? Is it really, you know, physiological or are you afraid that you're not going to feel pretty? Is it because you're not going to feel loved by somebody? Is it because you're afraid of what people are going to look at you and think like that's (laughs) them. Like you are, you are literally the only person in charge of what you bring, what thoughts you bring into your head, how you feel about your own body. And you don't get to let, you don't get to let anyone tell you anything about mm-hmm. your weight or your body or anything. easier said I mean, than done though put easier up right now <laughs> totally yes totally well yeah and remember that we're coming all from it I mean oh. it sounds like seven years <laughs> of this practice you know I mean Brooke and I talk about this all the time how long mm-hmm. intuitive eating really does take to feel 
comfortable in your own body and comfortable with your food choices and like you don't have to um, justify them to anyone. This takes years, you know, really, truly. So, okay. So we've got um, put weight on the back burner. And then we've got give it a chance. (laughs) Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. (laughs) Give it a whirl. (laughs) Connect with your body. Yes. Find those connection points. And then when you are working with your group or your clients on specific foods that they're afraid of or they feel uncomfortable around, how do you approach that subject? Because I know so many people have policing thoughts in their head. (sighs) Yeah. I know it's a big question. It's a big one, right? Um, I think that most importantly, I, I always try to tell people to detach from those thoughts, kind of like, and look at it from like an outside view, right? Like, why are you thinking this way? Like, why are you so afraid of the cookies? Like, did you grow up and your mom was telling you that you couldn't have cookies because they had too much sugar? Or did you go on a diet and you saw a food label and then all of a sudden you saw how many grams of sugar was in it and now you're freaking out? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Like, mm-hmm. observational that's causing you to fear the food and then let's break it down because there's always an answer <laughs> exactly there's always a reason there's why always a reason that. why right so did your mom say it fine okay so your mom was trying to do the best that she could because let's be honest in the 90s everybody was afraid of fat and sugar that's why we went sugar-free totally. and fat-free and so because she thought that now we know better so now you need yeah. to know better or should learn better so that you don't do that to your kids right And Mm -hmm. so questioning that and seeing it from the outside, you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, if it was because you did a diet or whatever and like sugar grams, well, let's talk about sugar. Let's talk about the grams. What is considered normal or not normal? And let's talk about the science and the nutrition behind it because we know that intuitive eating does have um, science and, and nutrition. So what? let's talk about how much is a natural or normal amount on average that people eat added Mm -hmm. sugar or Mm -hmm. how much does your brain need and let's break it down so that you understand that you don't have to be afraid of it Mm -hmm. and so I mean that's what I try to do I don't know (laughs) if that's what everybody no that's so important well it's so important because too what, what we talk about a lot is like you can count it all up, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's like unless you're only eating packaged foods and no like fresh whole foods, you can do your best at counting it, but you're probably going to be wrong. And every day is different. And that's intended. You know, it's intended to have a varied diet over time. Yeah. That's how our body typically mm-hmm. works best. So it, it would be silly to say every day mm-hmm. should look the same, right? Like my calories yep. should look the same, my grams of sugar, my fat, my protein, because every day is different and it's intended to be different. And we're doing different yes. things with our body every day. Well, maybe not in quarantine. I don't no, know. Maybe. I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, it's a different time, guys. No it's a different time. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, but really, you know, letting people off the hook of being perfect, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, perfectionism is not something that you need to strive nope. for. First of all, because it's yeah. impossible. I mean, point to one person that's perfect, right? I mean, outside of Jesus Christ, in my opinion. But you know, you're like, you're looking, you can't find anyone who does anything perfect. So why are we striving for it? And as a community, I think most people do try yeah. to be perfectionists. And it's like, it's, it's unattainable. Not. So no one will ever be ourselves perfect. crazy. Yeah. You can't. So. Right. I know. It's a hard thing for me to learn, though. Yeah. I, I try no, real hard. It's so hard. I know. There's so much pressure. Do you feel like... Um, I guess since you have like a target audience, yeah. Latinas, do you feel like they have um, different kinds of like pressures on their body or do you find like different pain points with your audience versus other people? Um, I think yes. So I think that um, a lot of like, there's like a look, right? That the Latinx community and even like the African-American community like looks for, right? So you have to have a butt. 
your butt has to be round and big and like I, I like fit a, in. I know you know, I, really <laughs> like, I has to be has to be hard as a rock, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's that. And then there's like the very, very small waist, flat belly. Um I can't really say boobs really matter that much, but it's like the specific look, right? But then but then thinness is valued in certain areas, right? So, so yes, it's like this this Latina look or this like thick look or even this like you know African American look, and we think about like Beyonce and J Lo, um, that they kind of made it a little cooler for you to look that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like even growing up, like in the in the Latino community, like you watch novelas, you watch the news, you watch the Weather Girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our weather girls are like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? Uh, and so, it, again, it's like this very specific look, and and you see it in like Miss Universe. Like Miss Universe is really big in our in our community, um, and so everybody wants to achieve this one particular look. And it's like, mm-hmm. not everybody was made that way. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. we're not all tall, six feet, you know, really big booties, small waists, and, and, you know, yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what a lot of women are trying to achieve. And it's like, you have to understand that we're all different and you can't force your body to be something that it doesn't want to be because it will backfire. Yeah. Have you seen, have you guys both seen that, um, the poodle video from Denver Garden. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's so, so good. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely go watch the YouTube video. It's short, but yeah, it's all about how like different species of dogs, um, mm-hmm. just like people, like all of us, it doesn't matter yeah. if um, we're comparing two white people or two black people, or like, it doesn't even matter our races. Like we're all going to look different. Like all white people are going to look a little different from each other and vice versa. And so it's like, why are we trying to, force every single person from every single ethnic background to look Mm -hmm. the exact same. Like it makes zero sense. Um, I love that video. I feel like that just hits home for so many people. Oh yeah. I share it with all my clients. Yes. It's so good. (laughs) So good. We are. Yeah. We are basically being run by poodles right now. So yeah, exactly. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and if we even like even touch on the fact that like the BMI is like absolutely just poodles, right? Like, oh, this is this is what everyone should look like. You know, a pair of men, white European men, everyone should. It's insane. And Brooke and I have an episode coming soon about the BMI and, you know, how it was because a lot of people ask us like, well, my BMI is this and my doctor says this and yada, yada. And we always, I think Brooke and I tend to like off the cuff talk about how Mm -hmm. invalid and dumb the BMI is, but we want to get into like the deets of it. Um, And actually, this brings me to a little quick little topic I wanted to talk about. I wanted you to plug your guys' podcast a little bit because you and Melissa Landry, who we've had on before um, from No More Guilt, have a podcast too. And you guys should definitely go listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's called Break the Diet Cycle. That's it. Right. (laughs) Oh, break the diet pod. Break well, the the Instagram is break the diet pod. Oh, okay. The podcast is called break the diet cycle. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, can you talk a little bit about what you guys have chatted on there? Because it's so good. Yes. So we kind of are basically doing what you're interviewing me on, like just like what if you're on the fence, like what if, yeah. like what are your questions with intuitive eating, and why you're afraid to to try it out. And so this season we really are we focus on eight questions so we only have eight episodes um episode four was released 
on um, on Monday, I guess. I don't know when this one's going to air, but just this week it, it, it was released. And so we've been just touching upon like the questions like, am I going to gain weight forever and ever? Like, what about what my family yeah. says? You know, what truly is intuitive eating? Um, and we have a few other episodes coming up about like, how do you set boundaries or um, even like, how do you deal with having a partner that doesn't maybe mm-hmm. understand what you're trying to do right because oh my gosh because that i feel yeah. like that's going to be a really interesting one because it's like yes. what what are what do you do if your partner either is still immersed in diet culture or just has no idea what the hell is going on and how do you deal with totally that? yes yeah so it's been interesting my journey with my husband because he's very much like head down focus on your own paper i don't care about what anyone else is doing or saying <laughs> yeah. which is great i mean i really admire that about him but it's funny when i start talking about diet culture he's kind of like no oh, that yeah. doesn't exist and i'm like yeah it doesn't exist yeah, for right. you in yeah. your world because like, you don't care which is great good i'm glad he doesn't care but it's you know it is interesting when you have a partner that doesn't understand or doesn't mm. get on board or or doesn't give credence to the pressures and pain that we feel you know I think this is a generalization, but I think typically women struggle with this more and men can kind of be a little more like, yeah. oh, whatever, you know, and now they have their own body yeah. image issues, too, that, you know, do come to light. So that'll be really fun. But I loved I love your guys's name of your podcast mm-hmm. because it's that mm-hmm. breaking the cycle. Right. Which is so important. And this is actually another place we wanted to talk to you about, too, is um, for those of you don't don't know yet, I also run a separate Instagram called Mom and Me RD, and I teach moms how to raise intuitive, independent eaters. And I stress to them all the time, you can do all the right things on the plate mm-hmm. and at the table, and you can still, if you're still dieting and you're still in the diet mentality, they're going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so important to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that today, like my dream <laughs> is like moms and parents and their kids right now stopping the dieting cycle. And then tomorrow, like we pop up and there's no diet culture, which would be yeah, fucking incredible. <laughs> so I love your guys's podcast name because it's kind of that idea of like, hey, this is cyclical mm-hmm. and we keep passing it on or or changing it, like mm-hmm. diet culture just changes a little bit every few years to recapture mm-hmm. the people they've lost, right? Like you were saying before in the 90s, it was no sugar, no fat. <laughs> well, now it's all like keto and um, protein and all this stuff, right? And, yeah. and it just shifts a little bit so that you your brain grabs mm-hmm. onto it and says, oh, mm-hmm. maybe this is a good idea. Oh, we didn't know enough in the 90s. Now we know more. Mm-hmm. No, it's all just the same yeah. diet culture bullshit, right? Um, sorry, there's no question in there. <laughs> I was talking. No, I was going to ask both of you because I don't have a daughter. You know, I just have a son. And so I know that his journey with food is going to be quite a bit different and he has special needs. And so he probably honestly will be super naive to like all of this. Um, I don't have a daughter, so I don't really understand. But if you guys could just touch on like what it means to raise a daughter, obviously. And you're, how old is your daughter, Delina? She's going to be six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just how, how you guys feel as moms specifically raising daughters. I mean, hopefully I'll have a daughter someday, but, um, how it is different than raising boys. If you guys want to touch on that. Um, so I think for me, like my daughter's the older one. So like my son is three, so he has no idea what's happening. Honestly, he's just like slamming cars into the wall and like laughing. Like he doesn't yes. like <laughs> he's yep. like running around roaring like a dinosaur. He yeah, he doesn't know what's happening. Yep. Um, but, but my my almost six year old, she actually started preschool two years ago, 
And and that's when I started noticing that she was picking up on things. Like, I don't know if it was like even her teacher or if they said things around her, but I started noticing more things that she would say to me. But one particular um, instance that I, that I remember is just like the dentist went to her school and they sang this song about sugar being bad and how instead of sugar, you should eat fruits and vegetables, which again, I get the intention because we are so like it's like we try to generalize nutrition like a one-size-fits-all like everybody Mm -hmm. needs to eat fruits and vegetables nobody eat candy like all these things and so she was terrified she was terrified about it and and she's like i can't like i remember her telling me like i can't eat that candy it was like around halloween and i was like yes you can she's like no 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 it has too much sugar and i had to like Mm -hmm. sit down with her and i'm like okay nyla like why do you think it has too much sugar? And she's like, well, yeah. the dentist said that it was too much sugar. And I'm like, did the dentist explain why? And mm-hmm. she was like, no. And she sang me the song, which I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, well, here's what the dentist is trying to say. He's, yes. They're trying to tell you that sugar can cause cavities. Mm-hmm. And cavities are no fun. So when you eat candy, we just need to brush your teeth and move on. It doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. can't eat it. It's just we don't want it sitting on your teeth because we don't want your teeth rotten. And then like when that clicked, she was like, oh, okay. So every time I eat candy, should brush my teeth i'm like yes yes <laughs> that is it that's yes. it um awesome. and yes so after yeah. that she would still ask me like does this have too much sugar should i brush my teeth and so it kind of went that way but eventually we were able to just be like kind of normal again with sugar but then i caught her asking me things like oh are you eating a salad because you want your belly to be flat and i'm like what where that from? And like, I swear, oh. I think it was because she heard it at school. Because wow. her teachers yeah. ate salads. <gasps> That's crazy. And like, again, um, like her teachers are oh, wonderful, man. but these are comments that we say to each other. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. just, or just happen to talk about and kids pick up on it. And exactly. so I had to be like, what do you mean? I'm like, totally. salads are great. They give me tons of vitamins. <laughs> yes. Know? I'm like, and the size of your belly doesn't matter. Right. Mine's belly squishy. You were in it. You stretched it out. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what she says. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was all you. That all stretch mark was me. true. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I've tried to say, like, to my moms, it's like, you, it, they want to control their intake so much. I find that a lot with other moms. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to control yep. my kids' intake. Mm-hmm. But listen, eventually they're going to school. Yeah. They're going to work. Yeah. They're yep. moving out of your house. You need to teach them how to eat for themselves. You not And to, I mean, in my offense, or my, um, in my opinion, defend themselves from diet culture too is what I try to teach moms. Mm-hmm. But like, we try to control them so much. But then like you're saying, they go to school and hear X, Y, and Z. So like we need yeah. to build them up and yeah. strengthen mm-hmm. them and their body image as much as we can while they're under our yeah. roofs. And I think the biggest thing there is modeling the behavior, right? I mean, because like I said before, you can mm-hmm. say and do all the right things, have all the right talks. But if you're sitting there pinching your belly or, you know, excusing yourself to the bathroom after every meal or skipping meals in front of them yeah. or choosing yeah, like, to don't. drink a Slim Fast or whatever instead of eating breakfast with your kid, they're going to pick up on that, you know, and uh-huh. or like you said, talk about like, oh, I need to eat the salad because mommy's belly needs to be flat or whatever. Those little comments that we hear mm-hmm. all over the place, yeah. like if they're in the home, the home is no longer a safe place, Right. So I think, Brooke, to answer yeah. your question about raising a daughter, I I feel pressure for both my kids because I do think there's some like body image issues for men that we don't quite understand yet. Um, but I do think it exists, right? So I definitely felt mm-hmm. pressure with him 
I felt more pressure with yeah. him as far as like not being a picky eater and learning how to eat on his own and choosing foods because it makes him feel good. But I will say when my daughter was born, so she's 10 months now, I definitely felt a bigger sense of mm-hmm. um, pressure to do more of the body image work. So it was a lot of food work with my son and still will continue to be. But mm-hmm. the body image work, I think, is really going to be important when I'm choosing how to talk or how to be around my daughter and how to have those conversations mm-hmm. with her. Because I yeah. do think that's something, like you said, can come in at such an early age. I mean, we're talking five years old. That's crazy. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, it's so important, you guys, to to not only just you yeah. know, make the decisions at your home, but also to walk the walk, right? (laughs) Like actually be an intuitive eater, have those positive body image so that you can pass it on to your kids. And again, easier said than done, right? Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think it's also important to try to have the relationship where they feel comfortable to say these things to you so that you can then talk about it. I mean, she's five. Of course, she's going to tell me. But my biggest thing is what's going to happen when she's 13 and I'm her Mm -hmm. enemy. Is she going to come tell me like someone said this (laughs) this about my body? Because then I can go like, where is this person? Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) But but that I think that's where I'm more fearful of like right now. You know, she calls me her best friend and she tells me everything, which is cool. Yeah. But that's not going to last forever. And I mean, I even like sometimes I'll watch TV with her and I'll hear the things like Barbie says, or like I told you, she's not allowed to watch Barbie anymore. She's like, why? I'm like, they say weird things. (laughs) Uh, And not all the Barbies. There's like one on Netflix that I allow her to watch. But like even just the image of like what these dolls look like, or um, we were watching something on Netflix the other day that I was like, oh my God, let's watch this. It was like, it was, it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the series because we'd only watched one episode and I was like, maybe not. Um, <laughs> Turn it, it was like this, this Latin, like Latina girl who was like working for NASA and she was only like 16 and she was supposed to be like a kid genius. And I was like, how great would it be for her to see someone that looks like her being like a yes. genius working for NASA as a scientist, right? Uh-huh. The first freaking episode, 10 minutes in, the first the first thing they're talking about is like how she needs to react when a boy likes her. I'm like, really? You're going to make it already about a boy yeah. liking her and her trying to fit yeah, in? Thanks. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then like her friend who was like all dolled up, typical like Disney child look, I feel mm-hmm. like, which that's problematic in and out of itself. Yep. Um, uh-huh. Then she goes, well, how do you know if, uh, if a boy's trying to kiss you? Like, what would you do if a boy puts like a breath mint in his mouth? And she goes, oh, I know. He's just on a diet because he... Absolutely. What did she say? Something about like breath mints are low, uh, zero sugar, low calorie. So obviously he's on a diet. And I was like, oh, oh what? No. What's oh, happening here? No. <laughs> like, not even as a no way. No way. She sat here and said that, and I was like, what? Like, it's only ten minutes into the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, New one next, please. Yeah. Yeah. Shows so are it's like I can't. Like you know, I'm like keep watching Pokemon because there's nothing in there that. I can <laughs> right I know that's my problem is I watch like one or two mm-hmm. episodes with them and then like from then I'll let yeah. him watch it by himself when I my four-year-old when I'm yeah. like, working or whatever I'm like hmm, I wonder yeah, what else well, he's seeing because yeah. you never know they sneak it in totally yes and that's why you know again it's so important to be those models of behavior at home because consistency mm-hmm. is key right mm-hmm. I mean they might see something here and there that pops up that they're gonna have questions about um or maybe they'll internalize but we can't we can't protect no. our kids from every yeah. damage out there 
Um, the other thing I want to mention too is as important as, as it is to be a good role model, it's also important to do this role for uh-huh. this work for ourselves, right? Like, Our kids are a great why to start with, but in the end, it's really about you. Like you're important, mom. Like I just, I hear so many moms, you know, try to put themselves to the side so that they can do more for their kids. And it's like, it's actually more important that you do this work for yourself so that you can be a good role model. Don't be a good role model and then, oh, the work comes with you. You have to be fueled. You have to be nourished. You have to be okay with yourself in order to be there for your kids and have the energy to be there for your kids. Like yeah. just, yes. just like the, you know, when you're on totally. the airplane and they're like, put your mask on first, yeah. it's the same thing yeah. with like self-care and nutrition and health. It's like, you do not have to find perfection, but you do absolutely need to take care of yourself so that you can be there for your child. And that starts yep. with your relationship with food and your body and moving in a way that's fun and, you know, adding foods into your diet without restriction. And mm-hmm. so it, exactly. It's like to actually to be a better mom or spouse or a friend. It, if you're taking care of yourself, you're going to feel better. And I just think of people who are chronically dieting and like when you're chronically hangry, how moody are you? And like who the hell wants to be around you when you're moody? Mm -hmm. I mean, like your spouse doesn't want anything to do with you, your friends. And I've talked to so many women who've got off diets and, and they're like, oh my gosh, my friends were clapping or so thankful or so glad that I'm over dieting because like they just, they, their like misery was affecting Mm -hmm. other people. And so Exactly. It's like you have to do it for you. Absolutely. But it will rub off on other people. And Mm -hmm. so that's just an added benefit. Yeah. Okay, Delina, this was so great. Um, Is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners as far as like next steps or um, definitely also tell them where they can find you, follow you, listen to you, all the things? Well, definitely keep listening to all the podcasts. <laughs> yep, all the ones. And keep all learning and keep keep trying to see if this is like what you want to try to do. Maybe you want to, you know, take the leap um, and give it a try. But um, I guess, yeah, you can find me at Your Latino Nutritionist or you can listen to our podcast, which is Break the Diet Cycle. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I think this is really helpful. I think our listeners really appreciate those like first steps how do I get going? You know, how do I gain momentum in the intuitive eating world? So I think this was helpful. It was so good to meet you, Delina. Likewise. Inside the membership, Alyssa and I will be guiding you through live Q&As, mini courses, weekly tips and trips. (laughs) We're going to be going on trips together. Like so many trips. (laughs) We're all going to Jamaica. Put this at the end. Put this at the bloopers at the end. (laughs) Guys, we're going on trips together in our membership. For $21 a month, you can go on a trip to Jamaica. All inclusive. All the guacamole and drinks you need. (laughs) That was amazing. Okay, guys. We can't afford to take you on vacation. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Maybe the next membership. Only $1,500 a month and you can come on vacation with us. (laughs) Dietitians, we're not rich. I don't know if you guys know this. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Backtrack. That needs to go in the bloopers, by the way. Okay. Done. Okay. Bloopers. Okay. 
marked on the time marked <laughs> okay <laughs> okay okay i'm starting back deep breath okay Whew. okay inside the membership Alyssa and i will be guiding you through live q a's mini courses weekly tips and tricks and recipes to make f- feel <laughs> <laughs> to make you feel good you're gonna feel you're gonna feel okay. it uh, okay okay bloopers okay 